everybody. This is Kim Breeze here from Tabletop Rebellion, and I am joined with my super awesome friend, Matt Scott. Matthew hey, Scott. Kim. Well, how are you, sir? Welcome to the very first podcast for Tabletop Rebellion. So this may not be the most polished or uh, well-defined or refined podcast you'll ever listen to, but we're going to have fun while we do it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to be here. Matt is going to share with us, uh, when we get a little bit further into the show, his adventures at PAX South. And I was super jealous that it's the beginning of the year. It's only January, and it's nice and warm where Matt lives in Texas, so they already get to have board game conventions and whatnot. Yeah, that's right. We we have, uh, I guess, for most people, nice weather. I actually really like it to be cold, so I kind of miss out on that experience. But We should trade locations, Matt, because I'm in Ohio and it's cold. But, yeah. see, then you are tempted to go outside and enjoy the outside world, and when it's cold here, we're just tempted to stay inside and play board games. I know. See, I miss out a lot because people want to actually do things outdoors, and I don't. I just want to play board games. So play my board games. So, kicking it off, since this is our very first podcast, Matt, why don't you tell me, what kind of, what's your favorite board game? Ooh, my favorite board game. You're going to open with, like... Or even, or even like mechanic. Like, maybe, maybe that's... The most difficult game. question. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I'm just kind of, like, staring around at my, uh, at my shelves right now. I, I don't even know that I have a favorite mechanic. For me, it... Uh, so, I really enjoy board gaming as a as a like social experience. Exactly. And yeah. so the games that I like are going to vary a lot based on who I'm playing with. So there are certain people with whom I prefer uh, cooperative games because either they or I with them just don't really like a competitive experience. And yeah. there's other people that I really like a, a more uh, silly kind of luck based experience. And then, and then, you know, I have people that I want to play you know, heavier, more strategic games with. So, um, I don't know. It, it, it really, it really just depends, I think on the people. I love that. Yeah. Love, and, and now that you say it that way, I went, you know, you're probably right. So a lot of the gaming I do here at home with my husband. So it's a lot of stuff that either scales well to two or is a two player mm. game, but we have a gaming group that we get with periodically and it does kind of change. Like, now that you kind of mentioned that, I'm like, that's a really great point. That it sometimes depends on who you're sitting around the table with. Because they could be newer gamers. They could mm -hmm. be experienced gamers. Um, I can at least tell... I can tell you what my least favorite type of game is. Mm. I will... I, I do not do well at social deduction games. Or, like, the mm. games. I don't... I, I just... I can't get into them. I get frustrated mm -hmm. with them. Like Sheriff of Nottingham, I can't lie. Everybody knows my tell was in the first round and a half of the game or so. <laughs> and so um, I'm terrible at things like Secret Hitler, games like that. I'm, I'm terrible at, or even yeah. Bang. I'm not very good at that. We used to play that with some friends a lot, and I was, I was terrible at it. Trying to figure out who's on my team, who isn't on my team. I haven't even tried Werewolf because I think I would just be miserable. Yeah. The only game like that I've tried that I liked is Blood on the Clock Tower. Um, oh, I haven't played that one. Which we had an opportunity to try that at Origins and and what and um, befriended some of the the folks because they're all the way from Australia and have just been kind of taking the game around the around the world to to drum up interest and stuff. They had a very successful Kickstarter campaign. It's not out yet, um, but it's mm. an interesting. Everybody has their role, but then you kind of know what everybody's role is, but you're still trying to figure out who this killer is. 
Oh, that's interesting. With a lot larger groups, I still had no idea what I was doing, and I was still pretty terrible at it. But it was the it was more <laughs> so who I was playing that game with made it a little bit more enjoyable. Hmm. Yeah, social deduction games for me are are hit and miss. Um, I really enjoy the resistance. Oh yeah. Um, but other than that, I had Spyfall for a little while. Yep, I might like still that. have Spyfall, but I did. And it was supposed to be when I bought it, it was new and it was all the rage. And um, I remember people were importing it because it wasn't even available in the U.S. yet. But I mean, it was, you know, it's language independent. Like, so they were importing it for crazy prices. And um, and so I bought it when it released in the U.S. And then I tried it with a with a group, a game group that I had that met weekly at the time. And it just, it didn't hit with anybody. (laughs) It just did not work. You know, social deduction games take the right group. And if you don't have the right group, you just sit there kind of staring at each other, waiting for somebody to kind of like kick things off. And if nobody is going to do that, then it just, it just goes stagnant. And I was terrible at the game. I did not enjoy it. I didn't know what questions I was supposed to ask. If I got asked a question and I was the spy, like immediately I was done. Like they figured it out. (laughs) I was like, I I don't know. I I couldn't make up stuff. It was terrible. So I did not enjoy that one. Um, We have coup. Oh yeah. We have a version of that. Okay. But I don't play it much. I don't care for it very much, but I mean, it takes like five minutes. Right. Uh, so, you know, have that's you, fine. Have you done, this is another one that I was quite terrible at, but I know a lot of people like, is that Deception Murder in Hong Kong? I haven't played it, actually. So we did a couple rounds. And you, again, it's the whole, I'm trying to figure out who the murderer is. I'm also bad if these are murder mystery dinners. So it's not just board game tables. It's across <laughs> the board. If I'm, um, I don't do escape rooms. I'm, ju- I'm terrible. If I just become nothing clicks in my head in those situations. Like mm-hmm. The clues don't stick together. I can't do deductive reasoning. It all goes out the window. So <laughs> we played that one and I was the murderer and I had to choose two because everybody has their eyes closed. And I think you have to choose like a weapon and a, and something from the room where it happens. And I, they figured, I don't even think it got all the way around the table before they figured out it was me. Cause I had chosen. Oh, my, wow. The bed, like they knew it was in the bedroom because I had chosen a pillow. It was terrible. Like they went, <laughs> so I just at that point got up from the table and <laughs> went to try something else. I'm like, I'm not going to be good at this game. That's funny. Have you? Uh, so not a social deduction game, but down the the murder mystery vein. Have you played Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective? I have not. Now I have a friend who loves it. Was totally obsessed with it. Um, yeah. I, we haven't tried it yet. Someone. Um, it's been recommended a couple of times and I've, I've held off. I think my husband would be incredibly good at it. And I think mm-hmm. that I would sit back and just let him solve everything. That's what I think <laughs> would happen. <laughs> I'd be it, like, cool, uh, the end. It's fun. We usually play it about once a year. That's like the number of times okay. that it makes the table, which is not much, but I normally participate in the BGG advent of gaming challenge. Oh, if cool. you've seen that. No, I haven't. Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's an annual challenge that they do during advent where you play a board game every day Oh my God. or that's the goal, uh, which is hard to hit sometimes, but we'll mix in, you know, like yep. five or 10 minute filler games some days that count. So anyway, on, on evenings that we have more time, we'll always try to do Sherlock Holmes and it is like more than any other game. It makes you feel not very smart. It is 
<laughs> it is a an incredibly challenging game. Um, the whole shtick is that you're supposed to solve the mystery, right? And you're supposed to you you accumulate points for uh, different components of the mystery that you discover, um, and then you lose points based on the number of of uh, leads that you have to follow to figure out the the thing compared to Sherlock Holmes. And so Sherlock Holmes always has a score of 100 and then your score gets adjusted based on that. And it's impossible. Oh, we, God. I think this year was like the first year that we got a positive score even. Oh my Like gosh. we normally do awful. And this year I think we got like a 35 or something on whatever mystery we were doing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very hard. So I don't know. You know, and it's fun. Sometimes those games too, like, Whenever you just you you put a game on the table and then it kicks your tush, I'm not as quick to want to bring it back to the table again. Um, yeah. Whistle. So we tried Whistle Stop, middle of last year. Or so mm-hmm. it did not go well for me. Like it, mm. I did not do well. It was just the way things landed, and so it has sat on the shelf. I haven't. I've even thought about I may add that to the math trade at Origins this year. Mm-hmm. And I and it seems unfair because I really only played it one time, but it did not give we did we were not friends <laughs> after that. <laughs> like I'm like darn, I really was excited for you, Whistle Stop. You betrayed me, and it was yeah. this was not the greatest. And we did only try it too, which I think could be part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, just not enough variety in what was happening. But yeah, I've I've slowly accumulated a small grouping of games that have, um not befriended me star trek panic is probably at the top of that list mm-hmm. have you ever tried this one i haven't tried the star trek version no. so it's just it's based off of castle panic which is a ton of fun uh-huh. to play we like castle mm-hmm. panic i don't own it but i've played it enough and really enjoy it so i'm mm-hmm. a trekkie i'm also a star wars fan but i love mm-hmm. star trek and i thought this is fantastic we have a couple other star trek games we'll play this game is so stinking hard. It makes it, it, it just kicks your tush. So you feel, you just feel completely destroyed at the end of it. There's no way to save the enterprise. They keep giving you all these incredibly tough challenges. And we've, and we've even tried it with four players thinking maximum player count gives you maximum opportunities. No, every time like enterprise is gone, burning in flames, and it gives you little, as, as part of the Enterprise is destroyed, there are little cardboard chits of fire that you put on different parts of uh-huh. the Enterprise. Um, that game is brutal, and there oh, wow. it is. And I'm just like, it was so mean to me. I don't want to. I don't want to put it back on the table. <laughs> so if anyone's looking for a copy of Star Trek Panic, I may uh-huh. look up for you. But there you go. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we segued from what's your favorite to what games do you really not particularly like? like I know. We just spent this whole time talking about what we don't like instead. Oh, well. How about We're allowed, I guess. Maybe maybe to answer the original question. I don't know that I have a favorite game, but fair. I tend to enjoy games by Antoine Bauza a oh, lot. Oh, yes. So, uh, Takedo and Takenoko um, in particular are, are two that I really, really like. Those, yeah. those, are, those are up high on some of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I like Stefan Feld. We have mm-hmm. we have a decent amount of Feld games, and I would and what I do that fun little pub meeple thing every year where you rank your board games. They mm-hmm. but they really give you some tough choices. So you add a list if you've never done this before. You add a list of games 
um, that maybe you've tracked from your... I use the BGG app. I think it's the BGG app. Or the stats app mm-hmm. to track all the games that I play over the year. Yeah. Stick them in a spreadsheet, add them into the thing, and then it'll put basically two on the screen, and which one would I rather be playing? And I hmm. found that it goes back to your point of, well, it kind of depends on the situ- how I feel that day. Right. So I feel like my rankings are altered by what mo- what gaming mood Kim is in the day she takes the thing. Because maybe I don't mm-hmm. feel like a super heavy game that day. And right. It kept matching up some of my favorites a lot, too, and that's super hard to pick between. Um, but yeah. for the last, I've done this two or three years in a row now, and my number one game has always been Castles of Burgundy. So I was just about to say I own exactly one Steffenfeld game. <laughs> Is that the one that you and own? it's Castles of Burgundy. Um I do I do enjoy that game. I and I can't I can't if somebody goes, Why do you like Castles of Burgundy, Kim? I really can't put my finger on one thing. I just do. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. I'll be honest, it's not the prettiest game you'll ever play. Mm-mm. Like the iconography's okay. Um the color schemes are yeah, not super exciting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and I, and then even the new version didn't really turn it up a notch at all. It's not like I kind of. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. I really think I'm going to keep my, my original, uh, original copy is not really the right thing to say, but I guess first, first, whatever, uh-huh. first run. Um, but I don't know what it is about that game. We play it, um, we play it at two players. It gets a little long if you try to do it at four. Three's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I just love that game. I love placing mm. those crazy little buildings on my little countryside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't played it in uh, quite a while, actually. I don't know why, but uh, I do enjoy it. Yeah, get my little piggies or my little cows. Got that little... Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I can't... I'll never be able to explain to someone <laughs> why I like that game. I, I just do. That's funny. So, well, as we talked about games that we used... You know, that we have played and that we liked, um, I want to get into the, the fun nitty-gritty goodness of what was Pack south Because you got to see a yeah. lot of new stuff there, right? I did. I did get to see uh, a lot of stuff that either was recently released or is uh, coming soon. Um, so that was exciting. The best. I love to see something that isn't actually available yet, because you feel like mm-hmm. you're on the secret society of knowing. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Yeah, they have a they had a like a first look section, um, and it's kind of a weird part of the convention. It's in the very back of the tabletop section. So if you go to Pack South ever and and you haven't seen this, then you have to really look for it. So, but it's in the very back, and it's just tables with unreleased board games laid out on them. The, they're like prototype copies, and and that's it. There's the rule book. Uh, sometimes the rules are even like printed yep. um, because it's a fine, not a final version, you know, so it's the current rule set that you can find on Kickstarter or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and um, there's nobody to teach you the game. It's not like the publishers <laughs> there, you know, like you just figure it out. Oh my so God. there were, there were four uh, that I played in that area. Um, and, but there, there were a lot of popular ones uh, that were there. They had On Mars, which I didn't oh, try. Yeah. I've, I've, seen, um, I've heard mixed things. A lot of people getting it. A lot of people excited. Yeah. I've kind of heard mixed reviews so far. But Yeah, and they had Oath. Okay. From, um, um, the same, that's the same group that did Root. Root, yes. Which is mm-hmm. on my list of games I really want to try, but have not got to try yet. Yeah, I haven't tried Root and um, Oath... 
I don't know. We just didn't make time to to try that one. Uh, I was curious, and I haven't looked much on it. I don't know because I know with Root, every player, which which makes that game a little hard to get involved in, is you can't just play. You can't just explain the rules and you're done. It is individual rules depending upon right. which faction that you're playing as. Mm-hmm. Is Oath like that too, or have you, did you get enough? I don't actually know. Oh. No, I didn't. I didn't even really. Uh, take a very close look at it. They have cool art. Like, yes. games. one of these days I'm going to play one of your games, I promise. <laughs> but it, they always have, I love their art, even in their games. And we've got a friend, we have two friends that have Root. And they did, oh, what's the, there's a drag in, in a dungeon, I can't think of the name of the. Vast? Vast, thank you. Um, we have some friends that have that one too. And I haven't got to play that one either. Mm-hmm. One of these days, leader games, I promise. <laughs> now how many people about how big is PAX? So I honestly have no idea because PAX doesn't release like turnstile numbers oh, anymore. Oh. Um interesting. So I really have no idea how how large the convention is. I I recently found out that one of my colleagues' husband does security consulting for the convention oh, center. Wow. And so I'm I thought about asking her if he knows, you know, that seems like something that if you yeah. did security consulting, you should know like a rough estimate yeah. of how many people yeah, you're planning for. So, for, yeah, how much security you needed. And yeah, they, but I didn't realize they didn't release their turnstile numbers. Huh. No, they haven't, I guess, in in a while. They used to, but I think it's been like a decade since they've released. Well, then you can't any, really so. say it was bigger or smaller because you just don't know. Exactly. Good marketing, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It seems pretty big. I'll say that. Um, It definitely seems like a large convention. There's it's, it's pretty packed, especially on Saturday. Yeah, that makes sense. People are probably Mm -hmm. have the most opportunity to go. And now how many hours did you spend? I've seen you post this. Ah, yeah, I was there. I did 12 hours on Friday and 12 hours on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I normally just go and kind of, meander around for a couple of hours and then say my goodbyes to PAX and I'm done. But I spent like another 10 hours there (laughs) or so. So I think in total, it was close to about 35 hours I spent at PAX over those three days. It was was some long days. And if it's anything like when we do Origins, you're not really tired until like that last evening when you're, once you're finally home, you don't realize how tired you really are until like it's night. And you're, cause you're just excited to be there walking around. Cause there's oh, yeah. something, there's always something shiny. I always say like right down the convention floor. And so you oh, yeah. take time to think about like, maybe if you sit down for lunch or something, it might start to catch up to you, but that's it. Yeah. And PAX South is interesting because it's, I would say mostly a video game convention, right? But it has a huge tabletop presence. I was really and surprised so, at how many, I, oh, yeah. I knew that you were going there and I, and I, I didn't realize how much great board gamey goodness you were going to. Mm-hmm. I, I had always heard the same thing because PAX Unplugged over in Philly right. is like their official board game one. But mm-hmm. that was pretty exciting because I thought you got to see some really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. And it, so it's it has that there's a bunch of tabletop stuff to see. And then also the whole video game side of it that's as cool. well. So that's it's it's extra overwhelming. But it was good. That's a win-win, though. Really, like if because there's a lot oh, of yeah. people that are in, into both. I think it's a mm-hmm. mix. So, oh yeah. So, what were some of the exciting things that you saw there at PAX? I know you shared some pictures on our Facebook page. Yeah. So, um, let's t- uh, let me talk about some of the first looks ones first. Um, 
in that uh, in that little section, I got to try Namiji. So I just talked about how much I like Antoine oh, yeah. Bowser games. Um, so I got to Namiji. I had backed without even reading the rules. Nice. As as soon as the Kickstarter went up, I clicked back. Like <laughs> there's no no question asked. Yeah. Um, so, but I actually got to try it there, and uh, it was a fun game. It actually plays very similarly to Takedo. So, if you like Takedo, you'll like Namiji, I think. Um, but it has it has some new elements to it. So nice. Uh, it's not exactly the same experience, and uh, it still has that. I mean, that the basic mechanic is the same. So you definitely can still take spots that other people want. Right. Uh, so it, and, and it is, it can be a little bit take that if, I mean, sometimes you do it intentionally. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, like I want to finish painting this picture, so I'm going to land here. So you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was very enjoyable. I liked that. I actually played that a couple of times. Is that one released? Yet? Um, like, is it, you haven't, no, Kickstarter has it, fulfilled yet, right? No, no, it hasn't. Uh, it actually only re- uh, finished a little while ago. I was very surprised to yeah. see it there. Hmm. Um, I played The Crew. Have you heard of The Crew? No. Okay. The Crew is a cooperative trick-taking game from Cosmos. Okay. I like Cosmos games. It isn't out in the U.S. yet, I don't think. Um, the copy I was playing was German, but it doesn't matter because it's just numbers and, oh, and nice. suits, I'll right? So uh, it doesn't really matter what, what language it's in. It um, is interesting. I, I can't say that I loved it, yeah. but it is interesting, and I know a lot of people do enjoy it. But basically, um, you, you have a deck of, of cards. It might even be 52 cards, uh, and you... You have four suits. Uh, no, I guess it's less than that. But you have four suits of nine or ten cards each. And then you have four four uh, cards in a trump suit that go one okay. through four. And each, each game you're playing a mission. And that mission is different. So you might have to have one person take a a trick with a specific card in it. That might be the whole mission. That's like the first mission. That's the easiest one. So as soon as that person has managed to take a trick with that card, the game ends and you've succeeded. But there's 50 missions in the book and they get progressively more complex. So it might go from just one person needs to take one card to these two people need to take two specific cards, right? Okay. And then it scales up to um, one person can't take any tricks uh, during the game, or one person has to take this trick and that, or this card in a trick, and that has to happen before this other person takes oh a different card gosh. in their trick. So it gets really, oh, you wow. know, it gets really complicated. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, we just played like the first five or six or so missions. So maybe, maybe I wasn't that crazy about it because, um, they start relatively simple. Yeah. So it didn't seem like that much of a challenge. I think if you jumped into some of the later missions, it probably is a little bit it more interesting. Like it. That's pretty cool. So, well, I'll have to keep it on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth trying. Like I said, it didn't appeal to me, but I can see, I also don't really like trick taking games. Oh, yeah. Um, so I can see it appealing to people who do like trick taking games nice. a lot. Yeah. I'm going to have to make a note of that one. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. The crew. It's interesting. Um, I played expedition to Newdale, which is just a midweight Euro game. Okay. It was okay. I think it's supposed to be almost 
not like a legacy game, but like a campaign. Oh, okay. Style Euro game. I don't know. I it was okay. I can't decide how I feel about those. I like. I'm, yeah. I play a couple legacy games, and I can't decide. <laughs> I'm still not sure how I feel about these. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. This one just. I think a story unfolds as you play it. So okay. you play five different games or I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> It'd be hard to get the feel for that one with just a trying it out. Exactly. I think. And and that was it. Like we didn't care about the story or anything. We were just, yeah. just trying the game. So, and then the, the last one that I got a first look at was Makarioshka. Okay. Which I, I put on the, the Facebook page. Uh, it's the one with the little Macrons. Oh Yes. <laughs> this was so cool. It is an absolutely savage game. Oh yeah, wow. it's adorable, but it's the meanest game that I played <laughs> all weekend wow. by a mile. Um, so it's interesting. Yes, exactly. So the little Macrons are adorable. Uh, and then they are like Rus- Russian nesting dolls. Okay. So there's like the little tiny ones, which fit inside the medium ones. And then those fit inside of the large ones. Gosh. And it's it's basically just area control. Like you're putting out little <laughs> macrons, but you you draw them blindly from a bag, right? So oh, okay. sometimes it's your macrons, but often you're having to place your opponent's uh, oh, pieces. Oh man! And so you have to you place them, and then when an area is full, whoever has the majority in that area gets to replace that with a larger macron. And the goal is to be, I think, the first person to get two, your two large gotcha. Macrons out, maybe. Okay. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's really mean. It looks very cute, but it's really mean. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, I would, and I would be pulled in by the cuteness, because I love a cute, mm-hmm. or, or a very pretty game. I'm a sucker for that. But, and my nephew, who is 13, who were just really now getting into board games, would love it, because mm-hmm. he loves any game that is take that. Like, that's, oh, his, I'm pretty sure that's his favorite mechanic. Um, I don't think I want to, but I want to try it. Like, I just want to see it in action at least. It's fun. The only thing that's weird about it, I I don't know if you can play it with two players. I don't remember. You might be able to, it plays up to three and I can't imagine playing it with any number other than three. Okay. That makes sense. So, uh, maybe you can do it with two. I didn't try it at two, but it seems like it would be weird. Like when it says two to four players or whatever, sure. You can put that on the box, but it's garbage at two players. (laughs) You'll never want to do that. So it's hurt. It's nice to find that sweet spot. I was keeping, I I love the picture of it. Like that one was, Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't think, I guess, until you saw it in action, how, cause it looks so cute. Mm -hmm. It's actually very mean. mean. Oh my gosh. So those were all of the like first look ones um, that I got to see. So they, they weren't like actually demoed for me, but we, we got them out and they were fun to play. Uh, Just a quick, quick heart to heart with publishers. (laughs) When you're demoing your game, (laughs) if your game lasts an hour and a half to two hours, please don't make me play the full game for the demo. (laughs) That's unnecessary. I know that you're going to say, oh, you have to play the full game in order to understand it, but I don't. I've played games before. I have a pretty firm grasp on yours within like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I There were a couple of those. I won't I won't pick on anybody specifically, but <laughs> I ran there were a that. few. I did. I sat down at a table and thought it would be, you know, you play two or three rounds to get a mm-hmm. feel for it, give or take. And we were there for basically the short version of the game, which was well over an hour. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't, maybe there needs to be a small disclaimer that if you sit down at this yes. table, you will be attached to this chair for the next hour. <laughs> because sometimes that's like, you know, if you only have one day at a convention, if you, like I may not have a whole hour to give to that. Mm-hmm. And to your point, most people coming to board game conventions are somewhat familiar with board games mm-hmm. and are probably going to understand the gist of it. Like you said, in 30 minutes or so. Now there, there were some exceptions, um, you know, and, and if it's short, that's fine too. Like if it's a 30 minute game, yeah, let me think. So I know how it goes. Um, skybound games did a really good job with this though. All of their demos were 15 to 30 minutes, okay. you know? And so they, I, I got to see a uh, sorcerer city from them, ah. um, which was really good, but we only played, you know, like three rounds, I yeah. think. And that was perfect. Like we understood how the game played at that point, And he under he explained how it would finish up and it was a great demo. So I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I also got to try wonderlands war from them, this looks which so I know great. you're really excited about this one completely. I had no clue. Like, so one other thing that Matt did while he was at, uh, packs was fine games that I need to spend money on that I didn't even know about. <laughs> oh yeah. Totally off my radar. Um, but it looks so cool. And I'm again, a sucker for the art. I already started yeah. following their Facebook page where they're showing the different players. Mm-hmm. I'm going to end up back in. Yeah. The, the art is very good. They did a really good job with the, the wonderland aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I feel like that can go, a lot of different ways. Like people have different takes on it. Sometimes it's like a really creepy, dark kind of version, oh, yeah, kind yeah. of like the old Alice video game. Do you remember that video oh, yeah, game from yeah. like that early 2000? Yeah. So it gets that kind of art sometimes, but uh, this isn't like that. It's, it's nice. It's very reminiscent of the old cartoon. I thought, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a, it's a fun game. There is a lot going on in that game. Uh, there's just a lot of different mechanics. It seems like they they just pulled every mechanic that they could oh, <laughs> and stuck it into and stuck it into the game, but it works. Um, that was going to be my next question. Is, like, but does it, it no? Work it does. The- it does. Yeah, you basically. So you have like the Mad Hatter's tea table, right? Okay. And you on your turn are moving around the table, so you move from one seat to another. And whenever you move to that seat, you get to take the card that's there. And that card will give you some stuff. So it's kind of a card drafting thing, right? You have, I don't remember, 12 cards maybe out. Okay. And you get to you get to draft one of them. And then, and then the next player, you know, has 11 left to choose from or whatever, right? So you, you draft during that phase. And then it also has worker placement because as you... As you draft those cards, you are getting supporters that you can place in different areas of oh. of uh, uh, not worker placement. I'm sorry, area control. Area control because you yeah. are getting you're getting supporters that you can place out in in these different areas, and with the goal of having a majority supporter okay. Okay. in that area. Kind of, there's more to it than that. And then you also are simultaneously getting chips to add to your bag. So you have a bag full of chips. I love bag. And yeah. And as you, at the, at the end of that drafting portion, um, you go to like a battle phase where you go to all of the different places in Wonderland and the players who are there can engage in the, the war part of Wonderland's war. And you have like a base strength and then the rest of it is just pulling from your bag. And so as you pull chips from your bag, they add to your strength um, 
And if you if you pull bad chips, I forgot what they're called, madness chips. If you pull oh, madness okay. chips, then you lose supporters. So your supporters are there just really so that you can stay in the battle longer. Yeah. It's it's kind of challenging to explain, but it all it all works really well. Huh. Um and sorry to Skybound for like completely muddling that description. That was not a good <laughs> that was not a good explanation of the game. But if you see it at a con and have a chance to demo it, you should. It, it's going to uh, hit Kickstarter in mid-February. I think maybe on Valentine's Day. Okay. February 14th, I think. Oh, there's so um, many. They, everybody keeps hitting these like really awesome Kickstarters all at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my bank account goes, whoa, 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 kid. What are you trying to do here? Yeah. I'll you know, there... For that one, though. It was it was really good. But that was not actually the, the like, uh, the big con success for them, surprisingly. Really? Everybody w- was really into Trial by Trolley. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen this seen one? This <laughs> but you can play modifier cards on it as well, you know? So, like, you have the you have the conductor who's having to decide who is the train going to run kill, right? Uh, and then each side gets to play modifier cards to, to kind of help their case. Oh, okay. Um, which is interesting, so... I forget who the options. Oh no, I don't. the The original options in the demo I played were either uh, the the Supreme Court justices that agree that you agree with, <laughs> or or Steve Irwin, who it turns out faked his death. Oh my god! Uh, and, <laughs> god. And uh, and then you, but you modify that, you know. So uh, somebody added. To the Steve Irwin side, your boss. Um, oh, well. And then there's like descriptors that modify that as well. So uh, I think to on top of the boss one, they played uh, who will become more powerful than you can imagine or something. I don't know. There's just like all of oh these different gosh. types of modifiers to modify each side. And, and those, um, those kinds of games are yeah. su- like those silly type games like that are, are usually pretty popular. Yes, people definitely. Fillers or people who aren't as big a gamers will totally play those. You're exactly your unstable unicorns because mm-hmm. the art on that one looks very similar to Joking Hazard, which you'll see sitting on Target shelves mm-hmm. pretty frequently. Exactly, and that's you know, in the midst of Skybound's more like gamery games, yeah. they had this uh, <laughs> very like casual friendly Target kind of game. And it was a huge hit at the con. You know, they were in the middle of the main expo hall. So they're surrounded by like video game booths and stuff. Mostly Um, they weren't in the tabletop section. And so that means the traffic that they were getting through there included board gamers who were going to search them out, but also the people who were never going to go to the tabletop section. Yep. And so trial by trolley was just kind of a hit with everybody. Yep. Um, And they, uh, because the board gamers will come find you. We'll wander, right. we'll wander wherever in a con to go find a good board game publisher. Exactly. But, oh, that was kind of smart, but then definitely pull in traffic with that. Because that totally mm-hmm. feels like one of these things is not like the others, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was smart. They were smart. <laughs> but it was a it was a hit. They did not have any copy sale there yet, because mm-hmm. uh, it hasn't come out yet. But they had, I think, four copies or five copies that they ended up giving away oh, over the weekend. That's smart. And those were those were highly sought after. People really liked it. I so. bet they would have sold a ton of them if they'd had it. 
Oh, I'm sure. Because that is absolutely an in-the-moment kind of game to pick up. You're mm-hmm. there, you, you find it humorous. You just saw it played. Yep. Somebody's going to pick that up way faster than if they see it sitting on oh, the yeah. store shelf somewhere, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's too funny. So. Yeah. I don't know where I saw that the other day. Maybe it was on their page, I, but I just saw it on social media somewhere just yeah. the last couple of days ago. And got a, got yeah, a- it was it was good. It was good. Nice. Have you played Sorcerer? I have not played Sorcerer City yet. Played what? There, because their other game is Sorcerer City. Is it- oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I demoed. I demoed Did Sorcerer you? City. I, uh-huh. I haven't tried. That it was good. Yet. That's, That's also. One that I go, uh, Ooh, the box is pretty. All it has to do, like I'm, I'm one of those judge a book by its cover kind of people. Mm-hmm. So I will judge a game by its cover too, and sometimes that's enough to be like, okay, I'm interested. I want to check it out. It's really good. Um, if you like tile laying games, then uh, then it definitely might appeal to you. I will say this: I don't like to feel rushed in tile laying games, and that's kind of the whole shtick in Sorcerer City. Ah, you have no. sixty seconds, or maybe it's two minutes. Oh, wow. I think to to lay out all of your tiles, and each round you're adding more tiles, oh. and you have to lay them in the order that you draw them. So, oh gosh. That is stressful totally and up. sometimes <laughs> very frustrating. Yeah. And I definitely screwed up. Quite oh, a I bit would of totally stuff. mess that up. I don't even do well in games where the turn order changes, let alone mm-hmm. keeping things, other things in order. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Maybe I'll stick to Wonderland's War instead. Maybe I'll just stick with that one. Wonderland's War is good. I did like that one. Um, I got to go to the, uh, the CGE booth, the Czech games booth, Ooh. uh, and they had, um, Sanctum. Have you seen Sanctum? I don't think I have. Sanctum is like a clear Diablo, hmm. uh, I don't want to say rip off, but <laughs> it clearly is meant to mimic, uh, the like Diablo video game. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, so each player controls a character that can level up over the course of the game. And then you fight, you fight Diablo. I don't remember what they call him, but But it's Diablo at the end of the game. Um, And uh, whoever survives wins. And then if there are multiple survivors, which I guess there's frequently not, I guess. Oh, wow. Frequently, everybody will die. Uh, but if there are multiple survivors, then whoever has the most health left okay. wins. Um, this is one of those demos that was really long because they thought we had to play the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I played it for almost two hours, and then Whoa. we did not get to we did not get to finish it even because the expo hall was closing oh, at the end, and they yeah. kicked us all out. So oh, that's the worst. And they had told us that was probably going to happen, but it still was a little. Me. I, just, um, yeah, I just invested this much of my time. Yes. Ugh. Leave me one. I agree. Uh, leave me wanting more publishers. Yes. But not the, right at that point. <laughs> no. Uh, it was okay. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I think it will appeal to people who like that specific style of game. But what they had that was much more interesting was Letter Jam. Oh, I've seen this one. So, as far as like. This game. <laughs> yeah? I could be so bad at this game. <laughs> One of the people I was demoing with was really good at Sanctum. 
Uh, and that's the game that he was there to see. But we were waiting for our Sanctum demo to start and got pulled into this Letter Jam demo. Yeah. And I wasn't intending to demo Letter Jam, but I did. He was terrible at Letter Jam, which was funny. He was clearly like a very smart, like very calculating kind of player. And he could not wrap his head around Letter Jam at all uh, for a while, which was entertaining. But I loved this game. As far as, yeah, as far as uh, quirky cooperative games go, Letter Jam gets the um, the win from me over the crew for sure. Oh, cool. The crew was fine, but Letter Jam was very enjoyable. Um, so for those who don't know what Letter Jam is, um, basically it's a cooperative word game. Uh, so each player gets three cards and they have to make a common three-letter word out of those cards and That's then they I pass it do. to their opponent. Yeah, and then you pass it to your opponent and then they don't get to look at those. They They... They shuffle them up and lay them out, and then they're going to reveal their first card to the rest of the table, but they don't get to see it. And everybody does the same thing, right? And so the goal is, in a certain amount of turns, everybody should be able to figure out what their letters are and then unscramble them to figure out the three-letter word. Oh, my gosh. And you figure out what your letter is by going around. Well, you don't go around the table, actually. Anybody can do this at any time. But... uh, by giving out a clue and your clue uses the other letters at the table and maybe some non-player character letters as well. And you can use a wild if you need to. So for example, um, I think I ended up using the same word back to back twice, which was really funny. I used the word sesame because somebody (laughs) had an S out and then there was an A and an M. uh, And I think I had to use a wild E or something. I don't know. But you basically, Tell people, like, I have a word that's this many letters long and it can help this many people, but it uses this many non-player letters and a wild or whatever. And then you have chips that you lay out and you say, okay, the first the first letter is your letter, and then the second one is this one, and then the third one is this one, and whatever. And so they have to kind of deduce what their letter is based on those clues. And oh, it was it was a lot of fun. I would be terrible. <laughs> I would be terrible. I have some friends who would be um, who would love this game like you do, but I go, oh, I'd be so bad at this game. Yeah, this is one that I probably should have bought. Yeah. it's like twenty dollars. I think yeah, I also. Think, I think it's a pretty good price point. So yeah, it was very cheap, and I had I saw it at the very end of the con, and at that point I had spent a little bit of money, um, <laughs> so I didn't pick it up. Uh, but I I. I probably will. I might in the future. It was, it's just very fun. Nice. So was that, what was your uh, top pick of the show? So no. none of those were my top pick. That's what I thought. Cause I don't think you've got <laughs> a couple more things. I know you did that were fun. Yes. But you haven't. So I'm assuming that you were holding those out for your favorite part. Yes. So we can talk about my, my two favorites. Uh, and I think we'll go. Like They're two very different games. Yeah. We're going to go with fire tower first. Cool. I played uh, fire tower from runaway parade games. Um, excellent game this was a massive hit at the convention they oh, sold out uh yeah it was really really good um they sold out they had brought also a uh i don't remember if i posted this to the page or if i just posted it on mine but they had made a small number of like little fire pits they're like little rock fire pits yeah, yeah. that you could put the gems in um they had made just a handful of those that they were selling i bought that and the game because i loved it so much that's cool um their booth was really but, cool at origins like it was yeah immediate eye-catching kind of booth they mm-hmm. did a great job yes they had a really good setup and it it definitely attracted a lot of attention 
Uh, I had to work really hard to get into a demo. Actually, it took yeah. a long time because um, they were just demoing it nonstop. That's awesome. Um, very take that, which normally does not appeal to me. Um, but this one did. And so, yeah, I, I enjoyed Fire Tower a lot, and they have an expansion coming in February. It's coming to Kickstarter, uh, right? Yes. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you on that one. We tried Fire Tower. Um, I am not normally a take that kind of person, but we enjoyed the game. Like we played it with three players, I think, when we did it, mm-hmm. and it it wasn't terribly long. I mean, because I didn't have very many good cards to get rid of any of my fire very often, so I was out <laughs> pretty quick. But it was it was fun, and it just looks really cool. Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good it has a really good table presence. It does. The the little gems uh, that they use are just those you know typical little plastic colored gems. Um, but they it really looks remarkably like a wall on the table. <laughs> it just it yeah you're right. It has a very good table presence. Yeah, yeah. That's one that I would recommend if you ever get a chance to try it or see it. Definitely give it a shot. It's. Yeah, it's not a game I would normally enjoy, and I, we liked it. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. The, All right. And so was that was that like your 1B, or was that your... <sighs> Maybe first place is a tie, because That's they're such different games. They're such different games. It might be fair to say it's a tie. So that's a, a short, very not cooperative game, right? My other favorite was Atlantis Rising 2nd Edition nice. from Elf Creek Games. Um, and that, I mean, if I had to pick a favorite, it edges out Tower for me. Yeah. Um, but it it was a blast. And this is one where we played the full game as the demo, and that was perfect. I would not have wanted to, to end this one early um, because it would have been very unsatisfying, yeah. <laughs> you know, to since it's cooperative to work really hard and then not know if the group's efforts paid off. Um, but basically it's a cooperative worker placement game. As soon as they described it to me that way, I said, okay, yeah, I'm here for this. Tell me more. Um, and, uh, everybody has a, an Atlantean leader and some, some followers that go with them. And you place those on the table to take actions and eventually, and, uh, ultimately have to build, 10 little component parts before building a, like a warp gate and leaving Atlantis before the island sinks. And cool. it is, uh, it is vicious. Yeah. You talked about like games that kind of smack you around. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is one of them. Yeah. We had, uh, but it's okay because it's really fun and it leads to some very memorable moments. Um, I remember, like early on in the game, probably about round three or four, we uh, had finally kind of figured it out. And the game had felt really hard up to that point, right? And we had it figured out. And so we had a, a big turn planned. We had um, we had a whole bunch of buildings that we were going to build. Um, and then we were using actions on a lot of the buildings that we had already built. Okay. And it was, it was going to be like a big blowout turn. And we drew a card that said, you cannot build any buildings or use any actions on buildings that you built. And that was like almost all of our workers were in that area. And it was just like deflating, you know, I mean, we were like, okay, so we're not going to do anything this round, you know, like we were going to pick up maybe a handful of resources total for the table. And there were five of us playing and it just felt really bad. Um, but also like you wanted to come back from it, you know? Yeah. 
So we eventually won the game. Uh, on the last turn, we had uh, almost flooded the entire island. And so actually, I took the very last turn. Um, and if I pulled a... If I pulled, at that point, any card that flooded a tile, then it would have flooded the middle because we were out of all of the area-specific tiles at that point, and we would have lost. Um, but I had a, an ability that let me draw the top two Ooh. and pick one of them and put the other one in the discard pile, right? So all we have to do is survive, and then we have all the resources that we need to build the portal on the next turn and win the game. Yeah. So I draw two cards. Top one would have flooded the center tile. Oh, man. The second one was a, like, Calm Seas card, which basically is nothing, you know, nothing floods. Oh, wow. And so on the that very last draw, we won the game. Um, and I don't know. It was just really exciting, you know? Like, it was a... Oh, yeah. It was a great game. There was everybody was excited to to finish it and have won. You know, um, I bought sad. it like immediately yeah. after that, um, and I bought all of the the stuff to bling it out. Also, <laughs> I'm like that too. I'm like, give me all the parts. I'm the same way. Uh, you know, on I, so I demoed the game on Saturday. I had seen it on Friday, and I was like, and they had told me a little bit about it. I talked to to uh, to Elf Creek there. Um, or yeah, Elf Creek. And uh, I said, you know, I'm not going to buy this because I would want everything for it. And that's like $130. Mm-hmm. So no thanks. And I, I didn't even go back to demo it. And then on Saturday, I was walking around and there was a, there happened to be an opening at a demo that was starting. And they asked me if I wanted to sit down and do it. And I said, yeah, sure, I got nothing else going on. And after that, I bought the game. And before the end of the weekend, had bought the mat. And the upgrade, upgraded components also. <laughs> I have so, been there. I have been that person. Man. It is it's okay. really good. It's okay. Well, I love that. Like what you're mentioning, that that angsty, that anxiety mm-hmm. that you have with a game when you're right towards the end and you don't know if you're going to win it or not. Like I mm-hmm. love that. Like I like that anxiety you get from good games like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it had that in spades and it was That's it was cool. a lot of fun. So I need to watch for it with all the bling is what I'm hearing because I'll want yes. all the shiny stuff too. Mm-hmm. And that one's out. Uh, it just yeah. recently released, but yep. you can, been you can pick that one up. But yes. I bet I can't get all the blingy things at my FLGS. You, yeah, they have it on their web store. Oh, that's fair. I can go there. Yep. Nice. Yeah. They, I bought the mat when I bought the game oh, and I, I left the upgraded company because I was like, you know, that's they're whatever, right? And then I really regretted it. So I stopped back by the booth Sunday at the very end of the convention. Like, they were about to start packing stuff up. And I said, I just want to let you guys know, like, you're my favorite game of the convention, and I wanted to say goodbye to the components that I should have bought because they were sold out <laughs> at that point. And um, they were like, okay, if you're interested, we'll sell you the demo copy of the components. Ooh for a reduced price and i was like done yes absolutely (laughs) and you're good yeah exactly yeah i don't care (laughs) oh that's awesome i ended up getting all of it and i was very grateful for that because uh it's beautiful that's cool i feel like we could do a whole show about blinged out parts on games oh yeah i'm a sucker for blinged out parts on games oh yeah me too yeah we will we state that'll be another episode coming up at some point Mm mm-hmm I have to go through and see what all I have. But yeah, and it doesn't help that when your spouse is also big into board games and also being into blinging out components. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Well, I'm gonna have to look for that one because I I think we'd like it. Yeah. That's another one that has. I was looking at some of your pictures from the con. That one has a really nice looking table presence too. Yes, it does. It has a beautiful table presence and a really good insert. <gasps> That's amazing. Which is very helpful these days. But yeah, yeah. Those are few and far to come by. Mm-hmm. That's good. To, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like that just yep. picks it up a little bit on the like that. You can buy a great game and then the insert is complete total rubbish. Mm-hmm. But you give me a game that's maybe not even as good, but it has a great insert. I'm totally interested. <laughs> right. in it just makes it easier to play. Oh man! Like people are starting to get on touch with that. With some of those gamer trays where all I have to do is take the game out and, and it's set up. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy um, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Yep. But I almost never play it because yep. I haven't yet gotten an insert for it. And just taking 8 million tiles out of little plastic bags is the most annoying thing ever. I could not agree more with you. I'm the exact same way. I love castles. I will say mm-hmm. the between two castles oh, yeah. that recently came out, it, mm-hmm. it fixes it. It is all That's it's good. gamer trays. All I, and so you basically set the game back up before you put it away. So mm-hmm. when I'm ready to play the next time, I legit just set the two trays out and you're ready to go. Yeah, that's and awesome. And if Mad King was like that, we would play it way more often. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm making notes. Now we have two different topics to talk about on other <laughs> Was there well before we before we switch over to upcoming funness, is was there anything else about the show you wanted to mention? Mm, I have two that got away um, oh. that uh, I didn't get to demo just because we ran out of time. I wanted to see Divinity Original Sin from Larian Studios. Um, that's based off of the Divinity Original Sin video game. Okay. Um, and they had a very cool looking board game version there. But again, it was, I think the demos were like full games. And so there was always a line and I could never get into it. Uh, and then I didn't get to actually see Dice Throne Adventures, which I really wanted to, but I found out that my, my FLGS has a, a copy. Oh, nice. Um, because they are in good with the uh, with the Dice Throne folks. Nice. And they are, uh, somebody is demoing it uh, on Wednesdays for the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to make oh, it nice. in a couple of weeks and get to demo that one, which is, that's easier than doing it at the con anyway. But yeah. uh, I'm excited about that one. You're so. going to take some pictures and share that because I'm curious about that. Yes, I definitely will do that. Very cool. There's always those ones that you that just get away from. Mm-hmm. Like there's just not enough time. It doesn't matter if you're at a con all day every day. They still just you just never get there. I get it. Well, cool. Well, I'm glad that you shared that. I was super excited to talk to you about this because, like I said, yeah. I, have, I have con envy that you got to. Because <laughs> like now I'm all excited going. Is it June yet? Is it June yet? And it's not. I know. Right? So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wish away the winter and go straight into board game cons. I would be okay with that. Right. Well, cool. Well, um, transitioning, I didn't know, did you want to mention anything about the monster of the week? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was actually uh, a different con experience for me because I don't play a lot of RPGs. Um, and so I had never played an RPG one shot at a convention. I know a lot of people go to conventions for that reason and they really Mm -hmm. love it. But to me, I always thought like, it's a few hours at least that I could be walking around the floor and doing other stuff. So why am I going to do this? But, um, I am friends with a, uh, with the game master for a, 
an actual play podcast using Monster of the Week called All My Hexes. Cool. And she was running uh, a few games throughout the weekend that were set in the All My Hexes setting. And so I, uh, I was there on Sunday and I thought, you know, I, I don't ever do anything Sunday anyway. I'll sign up for this game. Cool. And so I got into the All My Hexes game and it was a blast. It was really fun. So shout out to that podcast. Um, that is and, a great uh, name too. Like it is so good, a great right? Name. They have a great uh, like all my hexes um, theme song as well. That's <laughs> awesome. obviously based on the all my hexes song, uh, and it's just I don't know. It's really well done. It's it's well conceived. The world building is really good. Um, it's interesting. I I've been enjoying the podcast for a while. And it was a lot of fun to do the Monster of the Week game. And Monster of the Week is a great, a great RPG system as well. Actually, oh, cool. so that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We do some RPGs, and so once I saw you post that, it's on my list of podcasts to to check out here soon. Yeah, I would definitely check it out. One, because I like I said, the name is so good. It's so clever. Yeah. <laughs> well, really, I was gonna transition since we've been jabbering on for almost an hour. Now. Yeah, like you get Matt and I talking about board games, and I don't even pay attention to what <laughs> right. it is. Um, just a couple of, um, like this is new to the channel earlier this week. We tried a live playthrough just for funsies. Um, I think that's going to be something we're going to bring more to the channel. If only Matt lived closer, we could do this. It would be super fun. Right. But we might find a way. I don't know. There's some game we may be able to find a way to do. If we can figure out how to do yeah. destiny like this, we'll figure it out. Right. Um, you name it, we can do it. But we did start something kind of cool called Publisher Spotlight this month, where we had an opportunity to review a few games from a certain publisher. And so we want to share the publisher with you as well as these games. So this month's Publisher Spotlight was on Fight in a Box Games. We have three different games that we showcased um, last week, uh, depending upon when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we shared one called Squirrel or Die. So these are fun little, I mean, it's the box itself is like maybe two and a half by two and a half inches, maybe three by three. It's it's a super portable little game. Um, in Squirrel or Die, it's sort of like a more complex version of memory. So hmm. um, everybody has various cards. You're trying to keep your squirrel alive through like the fall and winter seasons and whatnot. So you may have different cards. You're putting one down, picking some up. And you're basically creating this memory board. And then once all the cards have been distributed face down, then you start picking them up in the hopes of the cards that you draw are either your squirrel finding food or shelter, not your squirrel getting ran over by a truck. (laughs) It's, it's one of those just kind of fun, silly. The art is a hoot. I love it. Um, And I believe all three games we have are designed by Seppi Yoon, who we've had an opportunity to meet before. Um, Great guy. Hilarious guy. And once you meet him, you kind of go, oh, I understand the sense of humor in your games. (laughs) A little dark, a little twisted, a little fun. So uh, this week, uh, our live playthrough was for their latest game called Hedgehog Hop. And that is another small portable game. And this is one I could not get my head around the first time I played it. Like, I don't know why. I don't know if it was just a lot happening, because we got to demo this one at a convention with Seppi Yoon. And he explains it perfectly fine. It's his game. He made it. <laughs> but I could not <laughs> figure this game out to save my soul. Um, you have adorable little hedgehogs that, um, so all the art's a little bit different. 
they all have, they're all, they may be uh, one of four colors. I think it's blue, purple, red, and yellowish. Nope, one of those colors is wrong. Um, and then they all have a different, one of three dance moves. So either they're grooving, they're sliding, or they're hopping. And then, finally, they have a little style down at the bottom. That might be retro, or street dancing, or spicy dancing, and I forget what the other two are. So when you're placing your little, you start in with a, I think it's a four by four or three by three grid. And then your, each player has seven cards in hand. And I'm picking one of my little dancers to add to the dance mob out on the dance floor. And I have to, um, I'm trying to get backup dancers. I'm trying to be such a good dancer that I get backup dancers. So this is, this is not true to life. I'll tell you that much. Um, so... You're trying to either match color and dance move, like so that hop, that slide, or that um, whatever the the other one I said. Or you have to match the dance move and then the style at the bottom, whether it's like that retro. or So you basically have to match two of the three elements on it. But the dance move always has to be the same. Hmm. And then they have little arrows on them, so you'll move them into the dance mob, and so the dance mob will kind of grow and change as you play other cards. And if I match, depending upon if I match cards above me or next to me, then I get to pull um, backup dancers from the draw pile, and those are all worth points at the end. Hmm. So that sounds interesting. It's and even through the live play, we sat there and read the rules, and I understood what I was doing before we went live. And then about two turns in, I'm like, I don't, I can't get it again. Like it just off goes <laughs> in my head again. But so there's a live playthrough on our Facebook page if you want to check that game out. We'll have a review, um, probably a shorter review since we did the playthrough um, later this week. And then lastly, and this probably my favorite one of theirs is a game called Processing. And it is, the Earth has been taken over by alien overlords. And you are now serving different alien overlords. You have, like, I think three that are in your hand. They're hilarious, by the way. Um, and you're deciding whether or not there are cows and hipsters on these various cards. And you have to decide if if um, the car, if the cows and hipsters are being used for science, if they're being used for meat, or if they're being set free. Oh, no. <laughs> so, again, a little bit of that dark, twisted humor. Hedgehog Hop doesn't have any dark, twisted humor, really. But processing does a little bit. Um, yeah. And so you're voting. you got these little tokens to kind of vote in the hopes that when your cows and your hipsters get to the top of the conveyor belt, they they match what your overlords wanted done with them. Oh, no. <laughs> so that game... That game is pretty funny. That one you need to do with at least three people. It doesn't scale at two at all. Um, Hedgehog Hop yeah, you can do with um, one little set. You can do two to three, or you can buy two sets and combine them and go oh. up to six players, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So that's our publisher spotlight. They're, again, that's, they're a great little, they've got some fun little games. They're totally worth checking out. Everyone I've ever dealt with at Fight in a Box has just been a joy to, to play games with or talk to. Yeah, I'm going to have to check out Hedgehog Hop, I think. That one sounds really interesting. It's really cute, and I feel like it would work for... It's, it would be a perfectly good family game. Yeah. It wouldn't really be too hard, even for younger players, to pick up. They may need a little help with the matching, but it's matching, essentially. 
Yeah. And I guess I did mention you can even you can still place your hedgehogs even if they don't match. You're then just called a hot mess, which <laughs> a couple of times. Um, you just don't get any backup dancers for it. So then the end scoring mm-hmm. is how many backup dancers I have, and the rule book kind of lays out how you also score. Um, you have one lead dancer at the end that you keep, and you're trying to get matching moves and stuff like that. And so you score based on that. And the rule book for this one is outstanding. I have to mention, oh. they do such a nice job of explaining this. It, it's just, and it's the same size as the cards, but it's a really mm-hmm. well, easy to understand rule book. And I love that's like always that. good. Yeah. So that's, yeah, our, it's always nice when the rules are clear. It really, and it, and it, because sometimes this game's a little confusing, it has scenario like it's got a couple like this is how you would score if Wendy played this card and this, and I think that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Man, yep. so many good things to talk about. So I guess we should probably mm-hmm. we'll just keep going and this will be a four hour podcast. That <laughs> yes, <laughs> we could. <laughs> I guess we that's probably why shouldn't. people do episodes. Now I understand. Mm. So well, thank you, Mister Mister Matt, for joining me. I hope you join me again on this adventure. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and I would I would definitely be glad to do that. I think we can cause a lot of issues. And if you have something, um, I did ask for a couple of questions. Um, I don't know what color of underoos I would wear, whether I was on a train going to <laughs> Metropolis. I'll have to think on that one. Um, and until next time, you guys keep gaming, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah.